0: Afraid of the dark and spiders under my bed. I got some trust issues and I hate to say it, but I'm a real hot head. Is there anything else that I could conclude? My mom and dad to blame for my bad attitude. In one ear and out my head. I never heard it What my parents said, "Do as I say, not as I do." Now I'm messed up cause I learned it from you. Do as I say, not as I do. Now I'm messed up cause I learned it from you. Yeah. Yes, I said I would make you
1: lunch. No, a s'more is not a sandwich. Just wait. <laughs> oh, parenthood. Am I right? Here we are. Episode three of I learned it from you and I hope you've enjoyed the first two as much as I enjoyed uh, putting them together for you. Uh, Though, I mean, all I did was record this introduction and then I sat down with the guests and spoke to them. But there are some other people that really deserve a lot more of the credit. You got uh, my main man, Brett Mercer out there editing, mixing, producing this whole thing. Honestly, I would not be doing this podcast if it wasn't for him, because I don't want to hear the sound of my own voice any more than you do. Now, that said, I know I have a smooth, sultry voice. That's probably one of the reasons you're listening to the show. Nonetheless, I'm my own toughest critic, and I don't want to hear it any more than I have to. So big thanks to Brett Mercer. Then you got the man who's put together what I think is one of the best theme songs, transitional musics. He's got the uh, the end credits going. Uh, Brad Goff. Uh, That song is just, I I don't know what else. I'm speechless regarding that song. It's so great. It's got a little bit of uh, Randy Newman vibe, but it's dark, and I love it that song is one of my favorites. Uh, it's up there with the likes of pen pals or dumb people town. Uh, just, and I I think it's, I mean, maybe I'm biased, but I think it's a little bit better. Brad Goff did a terrific job with those. And then the graphics, the only illustrator I will use is, uh, Michigan native LA resident, Trevor Smith. He is absolutely the best. Um, Make sure you give all those guys a follow on the social medias. You can find their info on, um, my, uh, on the episodes info page. I believe Brett Mercer is at Brett underscore Mercer underscore. Uh, I think Brad is at Brad.goff.music and Trevor is at Hey Trevor Smith. So, now you can look to the info of the uh, of the episode, and it'll be there in writing. But I also just told you because I'm a giving, giving man. Also, want you to know I understand that the interview audio quality hasn't been the best. I'm trying to figure it out, trying to get the right way to have the guests record locally rather than going straight through Zoom. As far as the video goes that's what it's going to be. Zoom is going to be it until I get these in-person interviews going uh at which point I'll help have some nice cameras. Um and here we are. I told you what I'm going to do. I'm going to start telling you stories about my life with my parents, about my life with my kids as a parent. I know that there's a little bit of a water stain on my shirt. I don't care. I'm excited. I'm excited. And the, and the, and the spitting saliva is just running down my beard because I am tickled to be here doing this thing. Um, it's episode three, and I, as, I'm going to tell you about who the guest is. I'm very excited about it. We've worked together in the past, and I think it's a wonderful conversation. Um, that said, hold on. I got a, I got a little production thing over here going because I'm super-duper professional. Uh, I'm going to tell you guys about a story about, about my mom. This one just pops into my head, and it kind of uh, – it's similar to the story I told you last week about me not putting things away. Um, this one took place a lot later in my life. I was probably 16 or 17 and I'm going to, I'm going to be real with you. I am not, <laughs> I am not in therapy right now. So these, uh, we'll call them confessionals. We'll call these confessionals, um, are going to be rather therapeutic for me because I, I am not under the care of a licensed Mental health professional, though I probably should be. A lot of head, a lot of stuff going on up underneath this head of hair. Um, that said, my mom and I don't have the best relationship. Um, she's she's mean. She's she's mean when she's drunk, and she's drunk most of the time. However. I haven't spoke to her in a little over a year, and I have it on good authority from my brother and sister that she's sought help and been sober for about a quarter of the year now. So if that is true, good on you, mom. Uh, That said, this story happened. So let's get into it. I I was a prick. I was a prick growing up, um, as most kids are, especially teenagers going through that hormone phase. I mean, it's like when Captain America got shot up with that super soldier serum, but it was like a bad batch. You're all finicky and your voice is changing and hair is coming in. And and that, I think, is the case for boys and girls. Um, but that was the case for me. I was just a prick. I cannot stress how much of a prick I was growing up, and I was I was real sharp-tongued. I was very quick-witted, and I would always come back because I never thought I was wrong. Here's the thing. My mom, also very similar in that regard. Defensive, will spit that venom right at you, which has been the case uh, for me in my adult life. That is why we don't speak as much. <sighs> Spits that venom right in my face. Anyway, 16, 17 years old, I don't know what it was. She was just very upset. She came into my bedroom when I was downstairs in the living room. And uh, all of a sudden she just yelled and she goes, Zachary, I told you to pick up your goddamn room. Your floor is a mess. Your bedroom's a mess. And I go, mom, basically the floor is just one big giant shelf. Why should I clean it? Uh, if it's just gonna get dirty again. And then she came out to, to the living room and she looked at me and she just did that mom thing where she like, the eyes were burning fire at you. Like, if looks could kill... These probably wouldn't have killed, but they'd have burned my skin very similar to a strong sun on a summer day. It would have burned my skin, but it wouldn't have killed me. And she looked down and she did this thing whenever she was mad. She would shove her tongue into her bottom lip like she had a huge fucking dip of skull. And then she would just be like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And she would move it back and forth while staring this heat ray at me. And she just looked at me and very calmly says, I hope to god when you grow up you have a son who's as big of a prick as you and i thought that was an overreaction to this day i think that was an overreaction um maybe i maybe i'm wrong i don't know i probably should have just cleaned my room uh but she didn't need to call me a prick uh that said i have illustrated a number of times i was a prick So maybe she could have been a little more creative than telling me something I already knew to be true. Joke's on her. I did grow up to have uh, children, um, but technically I am my daughter's stepfather, which if you think I'm any less of a parent because of the word step in front of it, you can tie an anchor around your ankle and jump into a large body of water and drown yourself because I love those kids. They're my favorite kids. Uh, They're my favorite people outside of my wife. And for all intents and purposes, they are my children I'm raising them as such and wouldn't have it any other way um and that is how I will speak of them moving forward in this podcast um but back to my mom uh jokes on her I didn't have any biological kids and my daughters are just the sweetest little things in the world however they are getting to an age where their hormones are kicking in and I'm sure that uh that I'm in for a hell of a ride but that's That's this week's confessional, okay? Again, we're gonna be calling these confessionals and that is this week's. I'm very excited, as always. I'm excited to talk to all the guests because they're my friends. And honestly, when I try to just text with them for no reason at all, it kind of fizzles out. I'm not good at carrying a conversation unless there is a... The topic at hand. So here we are with um, our first guest that actually has children himself. Uh, It is none other than Quad Cities. Darling out there on the border of Illinois and Iowa. It is Mr. Chris Schlichting, okay? This guy, he and I did a podcast at the beginning of uh, quarantine. There's about 19 episodes out there if you want to listen. It's called Immorally Speaking, where we look at things like The Giving Tree or The Cat in the Hat or Michael Jackson's Thriller, things that we remember from our childhood, and we look at them as adults. And um, the sweet things that we remember as children being being innocent, not the case. They are uh, they're guilty, and we... And we look at the, we, we we turn the darkness up on those light, light topics. So Chris Schlichting and I did a Morally Speaking. He also hosts a wonderful show at uh, the Renwick Mansion in Davenport, Iowa, which is a haunted house, super fun show. And it just so happens I will be performing at the Renwick Mansion Sunday, August 22nd, directly following... August 20th and 21st, where I'll be headlining uh, the comedy portion of the Alternating Currents Festival. But that said, let's get into talking to Chris and uh, and his adventures as a parent and some of the memories he has as being a child and having been parented. So uh, without further ado, Chris Schlichting. Hey there. Hi there. <laughs> hey there, hi there. Oh my gosh, that's a that's a blast from the past. I am here with Chris Schlichting. Uh, the, uh, neither of us are podcast pioneers, but our first foray into a podcast was together on the, albeit short-lived, critically
0: acclaimed, immorally speaking, Chris, how the hell are you? Zach, it is so great to see you again. I just got done with the bookshelf in my office for all the awards that we won for our last podcast. And hopefully it holds up because those are some heavy trophies and I'm proud of our work, Zach. And it's something that you could always go back to. I have with the Dr. Seuss news. I went back and we listened to that one. We broke that bad boy wide open.
1: <laughs> if you guys haven't heard, go back, check out a speaking. I think we've got about 20 episodes yep. and we're just talking about stuff. We loved from our childhood. Uh, Through the, through the eyes of adults and man, the, uh, the stuff we loved growing up is fucked up. (laughs) That's, uh, (laughs) that's, that's the bottom line. But here we are today on, um, I guess another, uh, child education type thing. Uh, this is, I learned it from you where we talk about how, our parents may have zigged when they should have zagged in raising <laughs> us. And uh, I mean, Chris, you're our first guest. My, I, I don't know it, it, where we have you have you have children as well. So that'll be an interesting insight to uh, to dive into. Um, how How is everything going? Are your kids? I mean, I know we're, we're in mid pandemic. Mm-hmm. Are your kids in school? Are they doing birthday part? Like what's going on? How are you guys
0: handling it? So this podcast concept may be difficult for me as I'm the perfect parent. So for me to tell you about <laughs> mistakes I've made, zigged when I should have zagged, if you will, as you uh, said, uh, I'm going to have to make up some stuff, Zach, because I tell you what, my kids are model citizens. They never get in trouble. Uh, obviously you make I'm- up
1: whatever you want, but I know at least one of your sons follows me on TikTok, and I sent some messages, and I asked him for his thoughts on it. So you make up whatever you want but from the mouths of babes <laughs> i got the inside yes, scoop <laughs> I, and i know you're
0: on tiktok for comedic content i'm on tiktok simply to monitor my kids tiktoks that is all um
1: <laughs> well that's i
0: mean that's how we have to monitor our
1: kids nowadays is like through social media that's not how our parents used to do it because social media wasn't around we're in our uh, we're in our mid 30s and social media wasn't around our parents would go through um we would our 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 journals if we had them. Um, couldn't really go through our phones. Like the only way parents could go through and dig into what was going on with their kids was to try and talk to them. And my parents just that that we did not have discussions. We were and as a result, I wouldn't say we're the closest family now. A uh, because my mom and I don't get along, but B because my dad's dead. So it's like it's it's hard Damn to man, be. I that B was coming, you know, Zach. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> the only way I have any relationship, I, I talk to my dad through. Um, I talk to my dad more than I talk to my mom, and my dad is dead. But every year for his birthday, I'll just pull out a Ouija board and I'll be like, "Hey, Dad, how's it going?" And I always yeah, good. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm always just making it the most optimistic things. That's that's how I talk to my parents. Um, how do you? How do you talk to your parents? Do you, do you have any? <laughs> Did you have discussions with them? Was it more along the lines of the
0: supernatural? Like, how did they, how did the Schlichtings do it with you, Chris? Well, it's funny when you were mentioning your dad with the Ouija board, I'm glad you laughed because if you didn't laugh, I'd have been like, uh oh, we're getting in some (laughs) weird places. But thank you for cutting that awkward tension with some laughter. Still
1: drinking that tequila, buddy. Everything, everything's everything's happy on this uh, this agave. Okay.
0: Uh, I have, I have a good relationship (laughs) with my parents. Uh, They currently, this is no joke, they currently both have COVID. So I have not, seen them in a really? while yeah so they are isolating they seem to be doing okay um where do they
1: think they got it
0: who knows maybe uh you know a Sears? grocery store run uh i, I don't know because i'm vaccinated as an educator i got both do- doses so i'm good to go Um how did that go uh it was okay the first one i definitely had some uh, i don't know some issues I, I felt really sick i felt like i obtained the virus um So I was kind of down and out and reluctant to get the second one, but I did. It wasn't as bad. Um, So now, besides my eyes randomly bleeding like every other hour, I feel pretty good. (laughs) You know, no, no, no major side effects.
1: Well, I have it on good authority from our friends, Dane and Sarah over at uh, the Runwick Mansion. You're also just sneezing in people's faces. That's what you're (laughs) doing now. That's what I've heard. So
0: (laughs) it was the same thing, Zach. When I turned 21 in college, I would openly... Whenever a cop came into a bar, I would hide my drink. Like I was underage drinking. And then when they asked Were you though, Oh no, exactly. With it. Like I like, I was <laughs> underage drinking. And when they would ask to see ID, I'm like, well, sir, look, I'm holding it for a friend. And like me, let me see some ID. And then I would blatantly show my ID, like boom, which turns out you can't do either. The cops will totally drag you in for some that reminds, crunked up that charges. That reminds
1: me of a story of when I was in high school in Spanish class. Our teacher was named Mr. Season, and we had a vocabulary test every week, and I remember I would always just, like, look at my hand like I was cheating, and then he'd be like, ah, senor, and then he would go like this. He would make me put my hands up so he could see if I had a cheat sheet, and I would always put my hands up, and I'd be like, no cheat sheet, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> he would get some. Fuck you, Mr. And Season. I, think, I think that was the first time I heard the phrase, ah, Dios mio. <laughs> Poor Mister Season, (laughs) Miss Senor Season. We were very clear. And then my Spanish two teacher, her name was Miss Castaña, and uh, she goes, you know, when I she was trying to get the whole class to know her, she goes, my name's Miss Castaña, and that is, uh, I can't, I think it was Spanish for walnut. And you know, I didn't know, but the first date my husband and I went on, he gave me a bag of walnuts, and I thought it was so sweet because later I found out he was giving me my name. And then I raise my hand and I go, Did he give you a nutcracker? Because that is an inconsiderate <laughs> gift. Otherwise. And then you could see her cheeks get real flushed, and she just goes, En español.
0: And I was like, I can't. I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Season warned me about you. <laughs> <sighs>
1: um, um, so yeah, besides, besides so that. You, you said I, you weren't you said
0: you weren't drinking underage. No, but that, did, but that was but kind of my- Did you drink way. underage? Um, I did, and but I I was a late bloomer, Zach. Yeah, I was heavily involved in sports, and I, here's the thing. I wasn't a good athlete, so I needed every advantage I could and drinking and partying <laughs> did not uh, coexist with that. You know, I hated those kids that would party our night, never practice, and then show up to the game and score three or four touchdowns. Meanwhile, I had to, like, work my butt off to maintain any sort of decency on the athletic field. So I never drank until probably my senior year Which involved me and my older brother, a couple of girls, and Zimas. I hate to like admit this, but it was Zimas. Zima's. Zach, I'm not done. They also had Jolly Ranchers in them to soften the blow. Nobody likes drinking a clear malt liquor. Make it green. Make it orange. (laughs) So my older brother still gives me crap uh, about getting drunk off Zimas, which took... I don't know, 16 of them, (laughs) because they're not very potent.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is a recipe, though, for stomach rot.
0: Oh, for sure. It's like a a bad Sprite, if you will. So I was kind of late to the game, Zach, with drinking. When I got to college, though, I definitely improved. I definitely went to a, a professional level, if you will. And As most of us will. It was all beer, 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 beer. And then I realized, hey, you know, shots get it done quicker Um, straight up shots, rum, vodka, whatever. And I was proud of myself. I'm like, wow, I can do this straight. You have to have something in it, not me. So the first year of coming home from college, I hang out, hung out with some friends and my mom, you know, I was on the verge of 21, so I don't want to throw my mom under the bus, but she thought it'd be cute and fun to get us a bottle of rum. And I wanted to show my friends, my new talent, how doing shot after shot never affected me. And that's all I remember <laughs> from from so, that bottle. Did of you rub. do this at your house? Yes, we were down in my basement. We were pre gaming um, party before we went before hit the party what? up. We were gonna go to a party. Um, there's a local college here in town. Saint Ambrose. Going to meet up with some other high school friends that attend there. But I needed to show my friends my new talent. So you know, I was a board. We should clear up.
1: Not high school friends. Friends from high school.
0: Yes, yes, that that's probably very important. So these were old buddies. We all went to separate colleges. Some of us didn't go to college. Some of us stayed home, and we all reconvened and to share our newfound uh, talents. And, yeah, so that was the day that rum called up to me. And to this day, I still do not drink rum. It just it was bad. It was embarrassing. i I believe I had a crush on one of the girls at the party, and I believe I threw up on her feet. At the uh, kitchen area. It was like an apartment complex. And uh, yeah, I remember specifically, if you want details, Zach, we stopped at Subway before. And I remember specifically counting the olives in the puke.
1: Oh, boy. That's um, I I really you know what? You said Subway. Zach. (laughs) (laughs) I immediately thought as soon as you said Subway, I was like, oh, he definitely got a BMT. He was uh, he was (laughs) repping that BMT sandwich.
0: So what, what did your how did your mom respond to that? Well, it was an interesting night because (laughs) though I basically was, you know, unconscious, I was like semi with it. I remember vague moments, but it just definitely all caught up with me. And so my friends drove me home and my friends being friends were worried about me. So I remember my friend John Fitzpatrick went into my home, knocked on my parents' bedroom door, went and woke up my mom. And was like, hey, Mrs. Schlichteen, it's me, John Fitzpatrick. Um, I just want to let you know that Chris isn't feeling so well, Uh, which, you know, I think she knew what that meant. (laughs) And then she took over. But that was pretty weird uh, of my friend to have to do that. Uh, I think she had more of that, which was always effective for my mom, that look of disappointment. Yeah, but she bought it. Exactly. I I returned that look of disappointment right back to my mom. But we're talking like cheap rum too, Zach. This wasn't like top shelf. That could have made a difference too. This was like bottom shelf, like borderline underground rum. Pirate stuff, man. This was bad rum. That's what I'll play with. Oh,
1: you're you're talking like no, it's not even Captain Morgan, it's Admiral Nelson.
0: <laughs> I wouldn't even say it's Admiral Nelson. I would say it's Shipboy. <laughs> like, I got nothing. Shipboy. <laughs> sailor jerry <laughs> yeah sailor jerry yep. that's, that's another one which is ironically my mom's <laughs> name geraldine so maybe she likes like and that's <laughs> probably exactly what happened zach she saw the bottle oh jerry that's like me and she bought that my bad boy
1: call me jerry and chris Ugh. is getting to the age where i hope we can be friends and then she gives you rum you know it sounds like maybe you got alcohol
0: poisoning <laughs> like, i you know, would not be, be ter- I, I almost drank the whole bottle i believe
1: Oh boy, buddy, you are a, you are a captain of industry, but you are no John Belushi. What are you doing?
0: And to, to, to this day, if I smell rum, I get, not only do I smell the rum, I taste the olives, <laughs> you know what I mean? It just all oh, comes back. And uh, so
1: that kind of so, takes out a vodka martini of the rotation for you too. For you sure. Can't have, for sure. You can have those olives there.
0: So God bless my mom for like trying. I I don't think it was like, Hey, I'll be that cool seventh grade parent and buy everybody booze. You know what I mean? It wasn't like that. I was a responsible college kid. I begged my mom. I begged my mom. Can you please pick me up a bottle of something? And she went with the rum. She's like, okay, just be careful. You got you buried the lead. You begged for this. <laughs> I think I did. I, I don't think my mom just brought me rum. I asked her to, and I think she initially said no because she's a good parent, at least in theory. Uh, and yeah, it was me. I'm like, come on. She's like, oh, you're not 21. You're not 21. I'm like, mom, come on. That's just a number. I'm old enough to fight Buddy, no more, that that I at the war. That changes.
1: That changes the story completely. I know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you- <laughs>
1: you made it seem like your mom made a judgment call and she's like you know what i know better than the law my baby is old enough to have some rum when in actuality you begged like a spoiled child I <laughs> want like, well to i rum. love him i guess <clears throat> i'll cave <laughs> speaking of uh speaking of spoiled children um my i was my mom i remember she uh one time she told me it was right after a birthday. And I mean, I was going through puberty and uh, everything. So it was difficult, but I was right after a birthday party and she was mad at me for something. I think my room was messy. Mm-hmm. She goes, uh, I need you to clean your room. I go, why? It's just going to get messy again. And she <laughs> just just, she just point. lost it. She's like, <laughs> yeah, she goes, like, well, your floor is a mess. I go, my floor is the biggest shelf I have in my room. Like it's, <laughs> she was, I was just. Oh, real smart. I really laid into the idea of I'd rather be a smart ass than a dumbass, you know? (laughs) And uh, I remember she's like, I hope one day you grow up to have as spoiled of a children or a spoiled son of a bitch as you are. And I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I was like, I was like 17. She was, I mean, for the most part, like she would throw birthday parties for me, but never, I don't know, never really like any themed or outlandish things. I think we had a pinata once. She never really. Went above and beyond. Do you have any birthday parties that you remember? Well, real quick, you hit puberty at seventeen.
0: That's late, isn't it?
1: I mean, I was in the midst of puberty. Okay, I was still in that wallowing teen phase. (laughs) Gotcha.
0: With the eyeliner. (laughs) Please tell me you were no, no. no, That was my brother. Okay, gotcha. (laughs) (laughs) I, I had you know traditional like birthday parties for the most part, but it's when my parents got involved. My mom. And this is where I think I get my spirituality, which is all across the board. My mom was really into um like I don't know, supernatural, psychic energy stuff like that. She was really let me let me let me rephrase that. She was really into the 60s and 70s. You know what I mean? Like the flower mm-hmm. flower children, um all that stuff, a lot of psychedelics which when I got older she told me about. And I think it just kind of had some lingering effects like she could read palms supposedly and Early in my life, Zach, that was super cool and super neat. But as I started to get older and maybe not believe as much, it started to get kind of lame. But my friends still loved it. They wanted their palms red. And I don't know if you if I could read your palms, Zach, and I saw something bad, I probably wouldn't tell you. I'd probably dance around it and just say, oh, it looks good. You got a lot of wealth coming.
1: Um, You're the guy that would you're the guy that would just let me walk through a night with parsley in my teeth.
0: Yeah. I honestly, that is so me.
1: I would leave. I got this in my teeth too. and you wouldn't even tell me I'm, I'm, I'm the exact opposite. I will look at you and be like, Hey, you got a giant booger hanging out of your nose. <laughs> <laughs> and because I would like, you'll be embarrassed in the moment, but you'd rather, you'd rather get rid of it. Right here. You are. Oh, you're going to die by a train accident on your way home tonight. I could get it. I could take a different way. (laughs) But you're like, nah, you got you got a lot of wealth coming. You mean my kids do
0: because of an inheritance. (laughs) But for some reason, I don't know why. If you told me I had a giant booger in my nose, being my friend, I would still be so mad at you. I'm like, how dare you judge me? (laughs) And even though you're protecting me, I'd be like, Zach fuck you how dare oh you don't get boogers you never get boogers i would be so mad at you like if you had a booger i just i'm not gonna tell him you can deal with it on his own so we definitely are coming through two different spectrums there
1: if you told me you're gonna tell me i have a booger you don't get boogers zach i'd be like no i get boogers and i get rid of them chris okay <laughs> And then I but if you came at me for trying to be helpful, I would get real defensive and we would get into like a real catty, passive aggressive argument.
0: Here's what I would do. I would like I'd be like, oh, Zach, it's so great to see you. And I'd come in for a hug, but it'd be an awkward hug where I for some reason brushed my arm across your nose. I would do that for you rather than let you know that you have a booger because I don't know. It's just my thing. Rather than just tell me you have a booger, I have a booger, you would
1: just punch me in the face?
0: Because I know you, Zach. If I told you that you had a booger, you would definitely say something sassy. Like, I know. Uh, You would go into a bit about boogers. That's not, nope. (laughs) I would be like, oh, thanks.
1: And then I would get rid of it. (laughs) Bullshit. If you told (laughs) me I have food in my teeth, you would see me put my tongue into my (laughs) lip, go all around my teeth. And then I would show my teeth. You'd be like, did I get it? I would
0: (laughs) And and that's as far as I'd go because then I would even if you didn't get it, I'd be like, Yeah, it's gone. Can we please talk about whatever again? Buddy,
1: I would lose my goddamn mind if (laughs) I you told me that I got it. If you told me that the food was in my teeth and then I did a a swoop of the tongue and then you said, No, yeah, you got it, and then I I I went and someone's like, Hey, you got some parsley in your teeth, I would through the party, over the music, I would be like, like mr wilson trying to get a hold of dennis the menace you know i would oh my god and then yeah. i would
0: try to explain nah, nah, that we'll move on but then i would try to explain to you that that was new food that you obtained through a later bite that's not my broccoli stem um <laughs> but you would like my mom because my mom did not hold back she read your poem she would let these third graders know hey it's not going to look so well for you in high school. <laughs> like she, she would say, Was she, she write? see your love line, your wealth line, your, uh, your popularity line. Look at you looking at your hand now. And mm-hmm. she, there's also a lifeline. Uh, and that would tell you when supposedly you would die. Now she's never read her kids' palms in terms of the lifeline. She doesn't do that. Um, and that's just, but like, she has, you look at the line and you know, she knows, I think you she's read got your your poem, she knows
1: what your lifeline is.
0: I don't know. Uh, she might, but she claims she has not.
1: Look at your hand. I want you to look at your hand and tell me there's no hidden line. There's no like, oh, I'm just going to rub my finger here and it'll appear like it's a scratch
0: off lottery ticket. It's all present. It's, it's all visible. I know. And that's kind of like where as I got older, I'm like, mom, what the hell? You're giving exact dates like the line tells you July 5th. It tells you July 5th. It's like, oh, well, you just don't believe. I'm like, I don't believe mom. Can you stop? reading the kids' poems at the birthday party.
1: <laughs> you're like, Mom, you're telling Timmy in the third grade that he's going to die on July 5th, 2023. <laughs> How do you know that? And she's like, oh, that's when I put the contract out on him. Like, your mom is just hiring assassins? <laughs> yeah, <Like they're- laughs>
0: she would fulfill her own prophecies just to uh, be more credible, I guess you could say. But yeah. <laughs> you know, Or it was Orazak Anytime I'd bring a date home, which was a lot... I'd bring a girl home and, you know, as we well, yeah, got based I did, on
1: that whole throwing up on her shoes in the last story, <laughs> it really sounds like it.
0: <laughs> as the, I wasn't drinking rum. Okay. I was calm down, but my mom would let me know. Oh, I don't like you Susie's just... <laughs> Susie's aura. I don't She read auras. Go ahead. Give it to me. What? I threw up on a girl's feet. It, I should never talk. You to me said, again.
1: I wasn't drinking Then I was like, no, it sounds like the only thing you were drinking was your mom's
0: Kool-Aid. Like what? she really <laughs> believes in these energies <laughs> for sure. Um basically it was like a male version of uh what is that Carrie? It was like a male version of Carrie. My mom was basically the male version of Carrie. They're all gonna laugh at you. I'm like, Mom, I puked on a girl's shoes one time. <laughs> so Auras. So t- she she could read auras. auras. She'd like you. Because I I believe I inherited some of that, and you've always had a good aura. From the day I met you outside of the freight house, I was like, this guy seems fun. And we've been best friends it, ever do since. Do you have your have, necklace on? Do, do you have, have your necklace colors? on? <laughs> What'd you say? Do you have your necklace on? Your best friend necklace that I gave you. You don't. Have, where it is? I do. is it? In your shirt. And and I also have some crystal beads. Yes, you do. My I've mom got would crystal love bracelets. Love those.
1: On. <laughs> do auras have energy? Like, do auras or energies? Do those have colors? Do you read the energy sig- signatures?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's basically yeah, just how you seem. Like bright bright colors mean positive person, friendly person. And then dark colors, grays, or even, like, whites can be um, considered, like, possible ener- uh, evilness or some sort of, like, dishonesty. At least that's kind of the vibe that I get from people. And it, it usually ends up being fairly accurate. It's, it's, like, you're not glowing right now. It's just, like, an energy that comes in. I don't know. And now I sound like my mom. I'm,
1: I am drinking the Kool-Aid. I may not be glowing, but I am glistening because I've got a spotlight on, and it is hot. <laughs>
0: auras, palm reading, and then what was the other thing she would do? Oh, she'd have dreams. So, if she had a dream, she had this rule where if it didn't happen in three days, it wouldn't happen. So, she if she had a dream about me getting hurt, specific Zach, timeline. she would not let me leave the house for three days. She would not let me... I'm not kidding. I thought this would be fun, Zach, to talk about, but now I'm realizing <laughs> from your reaction was... <laughs> was my childhood messed up because my mom we haven't even got to my dad (laughs) like my mom was the normal one
1: (laughs) what are you sound like you're like being held hostage in a stephen king novel (laughs) three days you'll be chained to this bed and if nothing happens then you can go back amongst your peers
0: (laughs) then you got this whole it vibe it would be great though because i mean seriously like in the middle of middle of the week she's like you're not going to school tomorrow i'm like what Cause I had a bad dream that something was going ha- to, she never t- help withheld me from school, but she would say, you know, if she had a dream, she always felt if it didn't happen in three days and that, that implied to me too. So I'm like, mom, I had a bad dream. I was in a car accident or an airplane crash. She's like, well, if it doesn't happen in three days, it won't happen at all. And then I would be grateful that it didn't happen. I can I, move on from my just- life.
1: I'm picturing you at school, and you have to go into gym class with a note saying you can't participate,
0: <laughs> and your gym teacher's like, ah,
1: Schlichting, you're never participating in class. What's the problem today? And then he reads the note. He goes, oh, your mom had another bad dream.
0: <laughs> that sounds like every gym teacher, by the way. Who's a female, by the way? <laughs> I should've used Zach, I should have used that to my advantage. Like, hey, Mr. Season, I can't take senior seasons. I can't take the test today because my mom had a dream that I was gonna fall asleep on the pencil. Shucks, man. Yep. Like Yep. Ay, ay, ay. El chupac- senior Seasons.
1: Chupacabra. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that would that's wrong. Chupacabra ends in the feminine form. That shows how much I listened in Senior Seasons class. It's La Chupacabra. Unless that's one of those weird ones that is not gender specific. Anyway. Let's let's talk about your dad. Okay. <laughs> so, thank let's,
0: you. Let's, let's, but, I love um, my mom, by the way. Can we paraphrase that whole conversation? I love my mom. She's the best.
1: I, I, I get it. And I wish her well. I do hope that her and yeah. your father are on the mend and Shit. uh well within uh the, the like COVID being over. But uh For sure. let's talk about you know before COVID even existed and uh you know the terrible things are like my dad, he used to uh <laughs> One time I got stung by a bee, and uh we were at a carnival, and I wanted to go home, but he didn't want to because there was this air show he was seeing, so he just kept drinking beers really, really fast <laughs> so that they were cold, and he would just make me hold the cold beer. Like, to ice bee the bee one? stick. Oh, I gotcha. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Classic. And he was just sucking down beers. He's like, no, I got to keep drinking them, because I got to ice your hand. I was like, Dad, do you have ice? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a good zigzag. And this was always, uh, this was always too, me.
1: like he would give, he would drink the beer and then he would give me that last little swig of beer. And I thought I was so cool. But when I was an adult, I realized that like I had repressed the memory or the knowledge that he was just feeding me his spit. Like <laughs> he was just giving me that last drink of backwash thinking that we were bonding when really that is the reason I need <laughs> one of the reasons
0: I need therapy. <laughs> Dude, that's a classic move. And real quick, I wanted to jump on that because my son Jonas some, for some reason, realized that Crown Royal came in a purple bag, you know, uh, those classic purple bags for Crown Royal. So he was obsessed with You tell with him this. to stay
1: away from girls that use those as purses. You tell him <laughs> to stay away from those <laughs> yes, ladies. Yes.
0: And he was obsessed with it. He's like, Dad, I really want one of those to put something in, like some sort of toys. And I'm like, oh, no problem. So I felt like it was a great excuse to go get some whiskey. And uh, yeah, I gave him the bag. But it was he was also obsessed that supposedly the bottle is indestructible. So I drank it. I gave it to him. He went on the backyard and tried to smash it in the driveway, and he had a hard time smashing it. But I just, I assume my neighbors were <laughs> like, oh, the Schlick team boys are at it again. <laughs> did he end up, uh, did he end up smashing it? No, he, he couldn't break it. He was, and he was trying everything. He could not smash it. And I basically, well, he's called got him no quitting
1: quit
0: <laughs> He's got no quitting like,
1: uh, like father, like son. And as I understand it, um, Like father, like son, you were a child wrestler and your boys were child wrestlers. And I'd like to discuss both of those.
0: But let's go chronologically.
1: Where did your wrestling career begin?
0: Okay, my wrestling career was very short-lived. We're talking a 24-hour period. Um, I love sports. I did all sports, football, baseball, basketball. I loved it all. I loved to compete. Uh, Iowa is very much known for wrestling and so i know that i was no different i was uh
1: i was doing some shows with our buddy brooks whalen and uh we were watching like he he logged into some website and got it streaming on the green room and uh we were just watching wrestling yep that sounds like like this is this is the thing in iowa
0: yeah that is brooks man (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so i was no different my dad wanted me to wrestle now keep in mind i had no experience usually what you do is you go to practices you do camps you do you join like a a wrestling club and i didn't do any of that my dad just flat out entered me in a tournament i was in the third grade i had three matches i remember specifically being like oh i've wrestled my brothers this will be easy and the first match i was like whoa this guy's doing moves on me he ended up pinning me which was devastating because I couldn't blame it on anybody. I couldn't blame it on offensive linemen or other basketball players or the outfield. I was the only person I had to stand out there in the middle of the mat and watch the other guy get his hand raised. So I was pretty devastated. My dad was like, You got two more matches. We got this. Um So I remember the second match specifically, the guy, Zach, had an American flag singlet. Um which mm-hmm. compared to me wearing my jeans and just like t shirts. you were wrestling in your jeans I, let me they were like shorts they were like jorts if you they were was, jeans shorts i was john cena before john cena was john did you cena. have a rat tail <laughs> i did not have a rat tail <laughs> but i didn't have wrestling <laughs> gear and my dad i guess had the thing is like don't worry boy it'll be like larry larry bird used to like Play basketball in his jeans and he would dominate. you're gonna be like the Larry Bird, which I was if he wrestled <laughs> Oh my God Yeah. why do parents do that? Why do uh,
1: parent like us as parents include like that you just set your kids up for disappointment?
0: And that's exactly your, your, your what it was.
1: The, your dad compared you to Larry Bird, the greatest, <laughs> one of the greatest athletes of all time. And he's like, my son doesn't need equipment. He can he, he do this in denim. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no way we can live up to these expectations.
0: Uh, yeah. So maybe that was the issue. I wish I could say that was the issue, but the match with uh, American flag singlet guy did not go well. I lost again. And now I'm like building up. It's not about the opponent anymore. It's about my dad. And I'm starting to realize that this is not cool. Like, what you've done to me. Like, I I remember specifically coming off the mat and my dad trying to console me and me doing that classic, like, don't touch me, dad. I'm so (laughs) mad right now. Um, Breathing real deep in through your nose. Like, I'm dad. I'm chafing. Like, I've never chafed before because of these goddamn jeans. Um... Use it as motivation, son. I'll get yeah. you some gold bond on the way home. But I, I, okay, Zach, I had a third match, a chance to redeem myself. And by this point, I am just a defeated shell of a boy. And all you can do is just smell that victory off in, cook it in the distance. And you what, want it. What, you want what, that pie on the windowsill. One win out of the three would have changed everything. Not even a win. If I would have maybe gone the distance. So the third guy I wrestled, I mean, I pr- probably drove. the tournament he looked like he was older (laughs) and this is no joke my dad in between that match took me to the cafeteria of the gym and said okay here's what i want you to do when he comes at you i want you to try to hip toss him which is a pretty you don't do that necessarily in wrestling you do it maybe in self-defense or something and so i came out of this guy i came at this guy straight up like a you know like a statue just came at this guy Flip me over, pin me, and it was like something like eight seconds. It was like a new tournament record. Um, he pinned me, it was the fastest pin in that. Tr- no joke, like balloons came down. They like right there on the mat, they celebrated him. Um, but technically I'm still part of that record. <laughs> 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 Devastating. Record-setting wrestler,
1: Chris Schlichting. <laughs>
0: Yeah, wow. I they, no joke. They interviewed him right there on the mat. And then I had to, like, stand out there with him. I'm like, yeah, it was awful. But he pinned It was, like, the quickest pin in tournament history. And that was it. That was. And I still, to this day, have not talked to my father. No, i been like, no. But, like, I never wrestled again. And I'm not saying I would have been a great wrestler. But if I could have just had some sort of inkling on how to deal with losses or how to what even to expect. But that was like my rum, Zach. That was my early rum. Never again. How, never going to deal how with that did your again. dad
1: deal with it after the, after the match.
0: I think my dad realized he made a mistake. So I first, and I've been there, I've been there with my own boys and I'm realizing that now, as I'm telling you, where I think he thought I was a diamond in the rough. He thought I was going to be the next Larry Bird of wrestling. He really did. I really feel like he believed that. And then after the second match, I think it was all about him trying to get out of this tournament with some sort of positive memory for me. Now it was about, okay, he's not going to win the tournament. He's not going to win this tournament. There's no way. I have to maintain fun for my son now. And it didn't happen, and I think he realized, yeah, I made a, I made a whoopsie there. He couldn't talk to me, never talked to me about it. Yeah, it
1: <laughs> little still did he know It that does. You, little did he know that forcing you into that third-grade wrestling tournament would have you wrestling with this disappointment for the rest of your life.
0: And... When, when you ask me to, like, think of memories, like, that one automatically comes out. But as I'm sharing it with you, boy, it still feels raw, Zach. I'm not even doing this <laughs> for emotional effect, like, or being trying to be goofy. But it, do it, you want to know, on the on the
1: flip side of that, <sighs> you told me that story. And as you're telling me that story, I remembered something that I haven't remembered <laughs> in 20 years. No, I'm 34. So it was... 25 years. I was like nine, 10 okay. when this happened. About my age. Um, I was in karate. I uh was in a lot of tournaments sparring and such. And my dad enrolled me in this one tournament at Michigan State University, which was okay. statewide. And um I got second place. I went all the way to the finals and uh lost by one point. And I got a real big trophy that was taller than me at the time. And he also bought me a keychain pair of nunchucks. That I had lost and Emily, my wife, had recently found online and uh, bought for me because I told her about them, which was very sweet. But honestly, that's a story of me winning and my dad, like me making him so proud. And I don't remember it. I didn't remember it for 25 years. So at least you do have this memory. (laughs) Like I was like, ah, that's just another thing. File it away. You've got this thing at the forefront and it's it's a beautiful memory. Memories, the best memories, the best the <laughs> like, I inevitably. don't agree
0: with you. I don't agree with you. <laughs> like, people always say, well, oh, I have no regrets in life. It, it is what it is. If I had a time machine, I wouldn't even use it. No, I wouldn't do that tournament. Or I <laughs> would do something else. I would last longer. I mean, I mean, Zach, and honestly, I'm not tooting my own horn, Zach. Maybe I could have been great. But we'll never know. We'll never know.
1: We'll never know. I don't like that idea that uh, people are like, if I had a time machine, I wouldn't use it. It's like you wouldn't go the fifteen minutes forward to have your frozen pizza done.
0: <laughs> and honestly, I, I said that like it's a common expression, Zach. Like, I've never like I've never heard it. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've never, never heard Zach, I've never heard it. <laughs> like I don't know why I said that. But it
1: worked. It worked. That should be an expression because that is you wouldn't use a time machine even to
0: like you said, fix your pizza, get your pizza done quicker. <laughs>
1: But I think it's I think it's like you're so satisfied with your life. It's a great little uh, I think it's called an idiom. That would be a great idiom. But uh, I'm surprised it's not more. How did your How did your boys get into wrestling? Did you
0: shove them into that ring? I did, but it wasn't. It didn't come from a bad place. It came from you guys wrestle all the time at home. You guys are aggressive. Let's get you on the mat. Honestly, Zach, it was a way for me. It, it was me thinking, hey, wrestling practice. I think is in my opinion some of the hardest practices. Uh, how about mm-hmm. we go to practice and tire you guys out? And so you can go home and go to bed and then tournaments happened. And the thing is, it sounds like this could have easily been the rationale
1: your dad used. I'm going <laughs> to tucker him out. So he gets a good night of sleep.
0: That's true. Or uh, make myself cry myself to sleep every night for <laughs> 16, 17, 20. How old am I? Yeah.
1: There is nothing more exhausting than after a good cry
0: so <laughs> that is true maybe my dad was thinking very very long term um <laughs> but yeah I, my boys wrestled they, they win some lose some they were good they were average um they were it was cute you know it was really cute watching these young kids wrestle which sounds awful can you edit that out but you know what i mean <laughs> i, I, you. Won't. You I won't i won't yeah. i think it's important to no, the context of this story we're gonna have a contract that was really <laughs> weird but i i think you know what i mean <laughs> Just just me on just me at a wrestling tournament with my mustache. Which kid is yours? I don't have any kids here. <laughs> please edit all that out.
1: No, I I, I come to these tournaments uh, at least once a year to remind of
0: lost glory from my days in the third grade. <laughs> Sir, that's fine, but please put some pants on. Alright, so um <laughs>
1: and quit and quit twisting your mustache like you're a villain. <laughs> Sir, the spectators aren't supposed to wear singlets.
0: Yeah. And you know, <laughs> <laughs> the one thing that's great about my boys that I had was I was flat out honest with them. I lied a lot about other things with my kids with sports wise, <laughs> but I always told them, Hey, you have a better wrestling record than I do. You have a better rest. Cause as soon as they want a match, I'm like, you have one more matches than your dad. And maybe that's a Cardinal rule that you should never admit. Weakness as a parent, but I was like, you guys are doing way better than I ever did. I'm proud of you. And I use that.
1: Did you wrestle like before they, like outside of tournaments and everything? Would you wrestle them at home? Would you let them
0: win? Um, no, I never would. I mean, that's the great thing about twins. I mean, they would just wrestle each other. I never really, yeah, that, that's how much I hated the sport. Like, and even like friends, like if you punched me in the arm at like a party or you want if let's say we got drunk and you want to wrestle, I hate that shit. Like I love Dane Moulton. If He's, I
1: punched you in the arm, it's because I found out I had parsley in my teeth and you didn't fucking tell me.
0: Okay. I, That's why I'm punching you,
1: Chris. I, That's the I, only
0: reason. I just hate, and I played football and stuff, but like, you know, I watch Dane like wrestle people, like they'll get, we'll, we'll all get drunk and want to wrestle. And I'm like, no, I don't want to wrestle. I don't, I don't want to do that. You know what I mean? I just don't like to do that because what could possibly, mm-hmm. what could possibly, stem from? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just hate it. I, I get a bad taste in my mouth with that, so I don't do that. Um, I don't necessarily do it with my boys. I'm very affectionate, but I don't like roll around on the floor with them or punch them in the arm or mm-hmm. anything like that. Um, so I'd get them in these tournaments. It would just be me rolling solo. Emily, she supports all the kids, but she, the tournaments are long days, Zach. They're like six hours, morning to yeah. afternoon. And I would be running from Matt to Matt to watch Tommy wrestle. And then I'd run over to watch Jonas, catch the end of that. So I was all over the place. So one day, my boys, my seven-year-old boys, were like, hey, Dad, can we wrestle each other? And me, for some At reason. Yeah. We were like, Dad, we want to wrestle each other. We think it'd be fun. And for some reason, me having visions of, like, glory or, like, brotherhood or, like, I don't know what I was thinking, but for some reason, my seven-year-olds convinced me. My seven-year-olds. Did you hear me? My seven-year-olds. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that sounds like a great idea. Did you talk to your wife about this? Yeah. And she was like, okay with it. And I go, they'll be fine. Because you know what? <laughs> I, I believe I dropped this line. Win or lose, the Still brothers. And we'll get a <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I know. Like I said that. I think I had... <laughs>
1: Hey, babe, babe, we're, we're, we're giving them real good lives. Honestly, I think if they had a time machine, they wouldn't use it.
0: Let's make that a staple. I love it. Uh, But I just, and like, honestly, I kept having this vision, Zach, of Tommy beating Jonas or Jonas being, beating Thomas and the other brother taking the other arm, like, (laughs) and lifting his brother's arm. Like, no, he got me. He got me. My seven-year-olds, <laughs> like
1: <There's> seven. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, that doesn't. That all right? Go on. And, I can't and wait to so, hear this. And so I mean, we we were a go. It was, and this is kind of makes it worse, I, I guess. But this is the same gymnasium where I still have the right. <laughs> that gymnasium is cursed, I tell you.
1: <laughs> oh, oh my god! You so so really, you were trying to like. Set a different if, if either of your boys were gonna win you're like i hope they pin their brother faster than <laughs> that guy pinned me yes and then we will have two schlichtings in first place and another in second
0: yeah we're, we're royalty it, in this town it, all all it was the same gymnasium uh assumption high school and i don't know maybe it's cursed maybe i thought i could cleanse the demons whatever that still haunted me and well, did you ask your mom what the energy was like of the building? I should have. I should have. And you know what? You know what? She had a dream about this. And I'm like, we didn't wait. We did not wait, Zach. She
1: calls you. Yeah. She calls you right as Thomas and Jonas are asking if they can wrestle. Christopher, I had a, I had a bad dream. I had a bad dream that there, that you, that, 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 that it was just one twin yep. in the womb and Thomas absorbed Jonas. Like, it's, I tell you're you like, what. Good God, mom. Boys, you can't
0: wrestle. Well, uh good segue there. He pretty Thomas pretty much absorbed Jonas on the mat that day because Oh, he took him down. And that was that was shocking because Jonas is kind of my more athletic, my stronger boy. But wrestling, I'm sure, you know, you relate to this with the martial arts and stuff. It's a skill game. You have if mm-hmm. you listen and practice and you pick up moves, you're gonna have an advantage. And Tommy sure. definitely use Jonas. So the match starts. I'm like so excited. I'm like, guys, I'm not going to coach you. I'm just going to sit back and let the chips fall where they may. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. Emily was filming. I remember she was filming uh, on the phone. And the boys started wrestling. I'm like, immediately, immediately, like a minute into it. I'm like, this was a bad idea. This was a bad idea. There was,
1: there was rage. There was feelings. There was emotion. There in There was match.
0: rage. And I felt like some sort of, like, evil king father that was like, I can only have one child. <laughs> like Just twiddling your fingers, yeah, playing with no their mustache. No pants on. Just like, <laughs> yeah.
1: On the flip side, I could also see you being, like, realizing it was a bad idea, and then just from a distance being like, Stop the match!
0: <laughs> I remember <laughs> trying to blend in with the other parents. Like, I was watching this match with them, not doing this, but wanting to turn to the guy behind me, like, whose kids are they? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, Just my like, God. Totally hiding away because I have a legacy in this gymnasium, Zach, and nothing has changed. Um, so they're going Bad wrestler, at it.
1: even worse father.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get my name on the wall. They have a section at my high school for that, too. Uh, and it was a Catholic school, so there was a bad father section, if you catch my drift. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> we must never Wait, listen, let that go if, it
1: was, if there were bad fathers it didn't take those fathers 7 seconds to pin a young boy <laughs> there okay? we go
0: there's the Zach I missed <laughs> in love uh. so the match is going hard I'm talking Zach pulling hair crying and this was no there was not pinfalls this was like a Rocky Balboa 12 rounds they went the distance and the thing about my boys being so young they never knew who won or lost until a hand got raised. Are you pinned? So, you know what I mean? They have no idea whose points or what points. It ended up being like eight to four or five. It was really close. Tommy won. Uh-huh. And Emily, I remember specifically Emmy, Emily putting away the phone. I go, no, Emily, film the, what do you call it? The, the handshake at the end. I'm like, Emily, sure. film the handshake because that's where it's at. That, that'll be the, That'll be the money shot. And it was the money this shot. This is
1: where Jonas. This is where Jonas raises Tommy's hand. Right? Yes. This, or wrong.
0: This is where Jonas carries Tommy, like you know, arm over shoulder. They limp out together. They don't. They don't want medical they do a top treatment. Gut, High five. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like hey, no matter. What, I just have. It, it didn't happen, by the way, but I still have all these cool visions of it. So basically, Tommy won, which was shocking to Joe and devastated. Because when Tommy got his hand raised, I think Joe, you know how they say killers (laughs) never planned on killing and they just blacked out with rage and they don't even remember stabbing the person 37 times. It was like pure rage, Uh not premeditated. You get lighter sentences for that. you You know what I mean? And I never understood that until I saw Jonas's look on his eye. When Tommy got his hand raised, he just saw all this like meat like, available down the side, and he unleashed. My son Jonas punched Tommy in the lower abdomen, dare I say, crotch region, and Tommy... There's a video of this, isn't there? Yeah, there there is. This is, like, my my. claim to fame. This is how, uh, you know, my comedy... This is my comedy video. This is my credit, Zach. I'm the guy. I'm the father. That's my comedy credit, even though I'm nowhere to be seen in the video. Uh (laughs) So there, are. Is, there is a five, <laughs> there is a five six second video out there, um, of my son Jonas punching Tommy in the nuts, Tommy falling to the ground, the ref just doing nothing. Which people are like, why did that ref do anything? Because I think he knew they were brothers. It said schlicking down their back on those singlets. Sure. And I never get embarrassed at all, Zach. I I I'm a uh-huh. comedian. You're a comedian. It's hard to embarrass us. That was the right? most embarrassed. I've ever been in my life. And I mean that sincerely. Do you think Besides, you were
1: more embarrassed than your father was embarrassed when you got pinned three times, one of which setting the record?
0: Yeah, I, I see, man, you <laughs> to go there. But I was trying to think have I been more embarrassed? Maybe my dad was, but I don't know why. I was just so devastated. I was so, because I'm like, oh, these guys are all gonna be my buddies, these wrestling dads. We're gonna hang out, we're gonna talk wrestling. I'm finally in the club. I'm a wrestling dad. Um, and that was devastating, and you know, I knew as brothers, big deal, not a big deal. They, you know, in terms of their relationship, they were fine, they were hanging out afterwards, sharing a Gatorade, not a big deal to them. My,
1: so Tommy didn't retaliate after getting punched in the know, nuts.
0: But Tommy, being my little theatrical son, hammed it up big time. He laid on the... I remember the video, he, he went down, he yeah. He laid on the mat, Zach, like he got hit by by a truck. He was like, it was devastated but here's another thing you know when i broke that record uh, where i got pinned in six seconds remember when i mentioned that i feel like the whole gymnasium stopped yet again there were like multiple wrestling matches going on everybody stopped and looked at that again and i was like shit here we go again i'm getting attention (laughs) for nothing positive and again but here's here's the silver lining of that. My my wife had the video. The short video of that happened. Like, oh my God, you got that. My dad couldn't be there. He was out of town or something. He just he didn't go to a lot of the sporting events. We shared it with him. He had a Facebook account. I shared it with him on Facebook. It was public. And the next thing I know, my phone Zach would not stop buzzing. It went like I never had a viral experience or anything like that in terms of social media. And uh it, it blew up really fast and I was like, holy shit, this is fantastic. What do I do? <laughs> like how do I milk as much uh how do I squeeze as much blood out of this stone, you know, to take advantage of this? And I tell you what, it was the best five days ever. And then on day six, nothing. Everything like stopped and went away, Zach. It was awful. And I kept trying to shoehorn that video back down people's throats, man. <laughs>
1: Every year, your time hop shows you that that is up. You're like, "Oh, yeah, I'm gonna repost yep. it, see if I can just get it uh, some traction <laughs> again." And
0: even, yeah, and you know what? You say that like I don't do that, but every year when wrestling season starts, oh, I, yeah,
1: go. I'm ahead. pretty sure I saw it on like yep. the fourth anniversary for the first time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do. I I share it again. And even my boys don't even wrestle anymore, and I still share it. I still share it. I'm like, "Hey guys, have a good wrestling season to every wrestler out there." And it's so nice to get some notifications on Twitter again. I'm like, I'm a famous comedian. That's what I'll tell myself. I'm like, <laughs> so in a way, I ended up winning the sport of wrestling. It just took a long, I had to take a long road.
1: Yeah, you got pinned in six seconds. And for you to feel like you won, it took three
0: decades. <laughs> <laughs> and that video is only six seconds. You see how it comes full circle? Like, uh, I At pinned the very the haters. same high school. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. I feel better, but this is kind of therapeutic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It it is nice to talk about these things because you, 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 yeah you recover things that you thought you'd forgotten. Mm -hmm. Uh, buddy, this was a blast. I really, uh, I really enjoyed talking about this. I'm so glad we got to talk about, uh, the, the, the wrestling between (laughs) your, your twins, because I remember hearing that story and, uh. Not hearing the story, but seeing the video yeah. and just like, what what happened there? What's the dynamic between them now? They're still pretty close? Yeah, very
0: close. Tommy's, like,
1: Tommy's not strutting or anything?
0: No, they, you know, it's funny. They fight and bicker, but I tell you what, at the end of the day, they always end up. We got a bunk bed, Zach, but they always end up in the same, either top or bottom. They're still pretty close, sure. and I think they need that comfort, sure. so it's nice. Well, it's, that's great. it's nice as a father to see that.
1: Well, we've got some stories here that, uh, you sent me some, uh, some blurbs that we'll have to, we'll just have to do this again because there's some other things that I want to talk to you, but for time's sake, mm-hmm. we're going to split this into the two-parter who knows when the second one will be, but it'll be sooner than later. Maybe if you guys are out there listening, um, Chris runs a wonderful show in the Quad Cities area, which is, uh, Davenport, Iowa, Moline, Illinois, and then I don't know the other two. But those are the only two I'm yeah. familiar with. I live here and I don't know. Anyway, even... it's at the Renwick Mansion, which is haunted, um and so much fun to do. Maybe uh we can do when this world allows us to be sitting, you know, mic to mic without masks, we can record the uh this this second installment and do a show at the uh, Yeah, that'd be fantastic the show at the Renwick Mansion. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Long overdue, so, buddy. For sure. Absolutely. Well, buddy, this has been a uh, a blast and I can't thank you enough for taking the time. And I mean, what anyone out there listening, if they're even still listening, doesn't know is it took us 45 minutes of technical difficulty to get this going, <laughs> but we figured it out and we laid this one down and I'm excited to lay the next one down. Thank you so much, buddy. I cannot wait to see you in uh, Davenport and we'll, we'll raise a glass
0: of rum and reunite. Yes, keep being a good parent, Zach, as I know you are, but it's always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. And also, BS, right. real buddy, quick, you do have something in your teeth.
1: See? I'm improving. I was just going to say, you beat me to it. Thank you so much <laughs> for that. I was going to say, uh, you've got something in your teeth, but oh, it's, just, uh, Same wavelength. it's just the glow. It's just the glisten from that beautiful smile of yours. Uh, I'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right, Be sounds well. good. Yep, you too, Zach. Bye. Bye. And that concludes this week's edition of I Learned It From You. And I'll leave you with a little quote that my father used to say to me every single day. Give a person an episode and they listen for a day but if they rate review and subscribe then they're listening for a lifetime so i beg of you please rate review tell your friends and for the love of god subscribe i learned it from you Is hosted by me zach martina with music by brad goff produced by brett mercer and graphic design by trevor smith